We're one day away from the regular season. And with that, Pat and I are going to give our thoughts on the opening night roster, plus give some Penguin-specific bold predictions for this season. That's all coming up right after this. You're Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes, joined by the amazing Patrick Gamp. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And you can follow Pat on Twitter at Sendum for Wet. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper terms of use for details. So we've made it, baby. 24 hours away until the start of the regular season. And with that, the Penguins have officially dropped their opening night roster. Pat and I are actually re-recording part of this first segment. The part, segments two and three are kind of pre-recorded. We recorded those at about... 3.34 o'clock, this is coming to you fresh after the Penguins dropped their opening night roster. And not too much surprise, other than I can't toot my own horn, at least for now, about Redeem Zahorna not making the opening night roster. He was reassigned to Wilkesbury with a couple other players. But look at this roster. 12 forwards, 8 defensemen, 2 goalies. Jake Gensel's on it. Jake's playing tomorrow night. I mean, let's be real. He, he is going to be... In the sign-up, I know Mike Sullivan said he was a game-time decision. And sure, they could call up someone tomorrow, probably Zahorna, if they want to maybe send one of the defensemen down. You, people, Some people forget. They can still make moves before this roster. The roster had to be set at this time, but you can still make moves tomorrow if you want to send down a defenseman, you want to call up a forward, something like that. But I think this shows, to me, that Gensel's going to be in the opening night lineup. Yeah, genuinely shocked uh, that he's looking like he's going to play because I don't have any recorded uh, stats on this, but we know how Mike Sullivan operates. When he says somebody's a game time decision, that's him telling you they're going to play. So by all accounts, way ahead of schedule, looks like he's ready to go. Huge shot in the arm for this, this team going into the season. But like you said, I'm actually very, very surprised Redeem Sahorna did not make this roster. Now, like you said, this isn't set in stone. This isn't going to be the roster forever and ever. Amen. We know that. But I really thought he had the best camp of anybody uh, this this preseason, and I thought he solidified a spot on the roster. So I was a little shocked when I saw this roster come out and didn't see Zahorna's name on it. But Jansen Harkins makes it. He had a pretty good week. I thought he looked good. He's a guy who I think is going to fit in really well to a Mike Sullivan system. Ryan Shea's on the roster on the defensive side. And the guy they claimed today, John Ludwig, on the roster. So that might just be one of those we had to get the roster set by today. We just claimed this guy, just signed him. He might not be here for longer than 24 hours. But still, not a ton of surprise, but a little bit of surprise on this one as we as we look at it tonight. Right. I was convinced that Zahorna was going to be on this roster. I thought he was a lock for it. I said as such during our Friday episode, he had a great camp, looked great in the preseason, whether he was on the second line, whether he was on the third or fourth line. 
definitely a bit surprising, but I don't think he's going to be sticking down in Wilkes-Barre for too long. I think he's going to be on this roster sooner rather than later. You said it, Ryan Shea, he ended up beating out Mark Friedman. And I'll say it, I'm still a little bit surprised by that, but the coaching staff in the in Kyle Dubas and company must be really impressed by him. You never want to notice your number seven defenseman that much, especially if they make a bad play or anything like that, but they're also not going to wow you when they come in, for example, if Trevor Weedle or P.O. Joseph gets hurt or something like that. But the top four, the top two pairings, I should say, those should be the ones where it's like, oh yeah, they're going to wow you. But if someone like Ryan Shea comes in, he, I think someone like that is playing his best hockey when they're not really noticing him that much. And during camp of the preseason, in a way, I didn't really notice him that much. Didn't do anything bad, but didn't really, really do anything to surprise me. But congratulations to him on making that roster. Jansen Harkins, congrats to him as well. He had a great end to camp. He was great in those couple games that he played. I think he has a unique offensive and defensive ability that can really help this bottom six this year. I think he's someone that can be a, a, a little more off, well, a little more of an offensive ability than maybe his defensive game. Maybe, you know, if you if you're pairing him with Drew O'Connor and Lars Elder, which it looks like that's going to be the third line for the game on Tuesday. And we'll have more on that for the preview against the Blackhawks on Tuesday, I think that has the makings of a pretty solid third line. Yeah, you took the take right away from me for Ryan Shea. Uh, your sixth and seventh defenseman, you, they're at their best when you don't notice them. They're guys who night in, night out, you have no real opinion of them. And then by the end of the year, you go, you know what? Wasn't half bad. Can't say I'm upset with his performance. And yeah, I mean... All in all, I think him and Chad Ruedel are cut from the same stone. Just they're defensively accountable guys. They don't do anything overly great. Excuse me. They're not going to uh, be noticed night in, night out. And that's perfectly fine for your sixth or seventh defenseman. It's the inverse of your top two defensemen. Whereas you want to notice those guys. And if you notice your sixth or seventh defenseman, guess what? They were probably doing something wrong and you don't want to notice them. I agree. And you know, speaking of that number six defenseman spot, Chad Weedle looks like has won it and he's going to be with P.O. Joseph on Tuesday night. No surprise there. I said going into camp that I thought he was the favorite, but then I kind of, it's funny, I flip-flopped a little bit to Mark Freeman because I thought he was having the better camp in preseason, but coaching staff and the management saw that a bit differently. And then no surprise also, Alex Nedeljkovic, backup goaltender to Tristan Jari. He ran away with that job over yeah, and- Helberg. And, and as far as the Friedman thing goes, you look at this roster, There, there is a lot more sandpaper, so to speak, on it than there has been in years past. So I do think that kind of drops Friedman's stock by default because we know how the kind of – we know how he plays the game. He's tough. He throws hits. He's in your face. You got a few more guys this year and guys like Matt Nieto, Nolachari. I'm get, I would imagine Jansen Harkins as well as guys who are going to play a little bit more physical. They're going to be a little bit more in your face. And that kind of takes away from any advantages Friedman might have had. But I also don't think that's a guy that is going to stick in Wilkes-Barre all year long. I think he, him along with Ludwig, th- those are two guys who are going to be constantly hitting the turnpike coming from Wilkes-Barre uh, to Pittsburgh quite a bit. Right. And speaking of Ludwig, Ludwig, excuse me, he was claimed off waivers today from Kyle Dubas, makes the opening night roster. Not going to play in that game against the Blackhawks. I could see him being reassigned to Wilkes-Barre if they want to have that extra forward up, 
like a redeem Zahorna, and then they can keep seven defensemen and two goalies. So Ryan Shea would be your number to seven defensemen in that situation. But Ludwig, he can play. I mean, he had some really good underlings in the AHL this past year, ranked in the 54th percentile for goals, 79th percentile for assists, 67th percentile for finishing, 94th percentile for expected goals for, 59th percentile for shot attempts per 60 minutes. He has really strong offensive underlings, and it's also only 22, 23. So, you know, it's funny, a little younger than me. I, I still can't believe that, that when I think about it, but young guy, good underlings in the AHL, someone who can definitely come up to the Penguins. Well, he, he's on the team right now. How, how, how long that's going to be, we'll have to see. But if he does get reassigned to Wilkesbury, my point is that he can definitely come up when injuries arise and step in and I think play some good minutes on the bottom pair. Yeah, that's a sneaky good depth pickup by Kyle Dubas because this is a guy who I think can provide you a little bit of an offensive spark from the blue line, uh, just better for the depth on the on the blue line. Uh, they got a lot deeper because of it. Uh, the guy can play. He, he's been a very good player in the in the American League. And a guy who, if he develops correctly, could be a key contributor on this defensive core in the next few years. So I, I really can't say any negatives about picking that guy up off of waivers and giving him a deal. Right. And cheap contract, it's, it's not really worth anything, people. I think it's going to be totally fine. But I think that will do it for this first segment of the podcast. Coming up in the second segment, it's time for some bold predictions. And Pat and I have some good ones for you all today. But... Before we get to that, I love the NHL, and I know you do too. Pat, I know you love the NHL, and everyone listening to this loves the NHL, but that's why I want to tell you all about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. You have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. You can use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL Sea Sleepers. Terms of use for details. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, joined as always by the best co-host in the world, Patrick Dam. So it's time for one of my favorite pre-regular season things. Bowl predictions. I'm handing the floor over to you. What's your first bowl prediction for this season? Listeners, write them down. Hold us accountable when we get to the end of this season. You can ratio us. My first one is that Jeff Carter, of big Jeff Carter fame, will score 15 goals this year. I think we saw it a lot in the preseason that Mike Sullivan and Kyle Dubas, and this is more so a roster construction issue than it was uh, last year, because I think last year Sullivan just didn't have the tools to utilize him correctly. Now he does. And I think we saw in camp he is going to be very suited to be a fourth-line wing. He has less responsibilities. They're not going to have to put him out in big moments. They're not going to overextend him. And by all accounts, this is going to be a bottom six that while they are defensively accountable, looking at reading the tea leaves, looking at this roster, this team's going to play fast again. We're going to see fast hockey again in Pittsburgh, and they're going to try to overwhelm teams. And Jeff Carter on the wing still has a good shot, very good shot. We saw it in preseason. He's still not afraid to go to the net, even though he's older now. And I think he is a prime candidate for a bounce-back year, and I think he scores 15. 
Pat has always been the big Jeff Carter simp on this show. So everyone that doesn't like Jeff Carter, you can all go at Pat in the comments so you can send him nasty DMs. Now I'm just messing I like I, I wanted to like him when he was a flyer and couldn't, then I loved him when he was a king. Well, hopefully that one does come true. That would be great, especially for the Penguins' bottom six if he can score 15 goals. My first one, here we go. Evgeny Malkin gets 95-plus points this season. I am very high on Geno heading into this year. He has two really good line mates. And I know his line was pretty good last year with Jason Zucker. And, you know, it rotated with Rust. Raquel was there. Heck, for a time, even Kapanen was on that line and other players. But this year, going in at least for this game, if Gensel plays, Riley Smith with Ricard Raquel, two of the best line mates I think he's had throughout his career. In my opinion, Smith will fire the puck in transition, especially off the rush. Raquel, he's a little bit of a different player, but he still has a great release. And with how great of a playmaker Gino is, he's going to get, I think, plenty of assists to those two players. And I think he's going to score quite a few goals as well. And the fact that he's going to be getting a lot of minutes with Eric Carlson on the ice, that's going to help him so much. So I know he's a bit older. I still think Gino is going to stay healthy. And he's going to have a 95-point-plus season. And with that, he may be in the conversation for a dark horse for the Hart Trophy this year. How about that? I like it. Bold, spicy, just like I like my food. I'm going to actually build off of what you just said, and it's going to be sort of an Evgeny Malkin-centric bold prediction. And this is kind of inspired by our pal Josh Yohe. I think this is the year when this team is healthy, that Chris Letang sees more time with Evgeny Malkin than he does Sidney Crosby. Because let's face it, while I don't fully buy the Eric Carlson is bad defensively storyline, he has his deficiencies. He's essentially a fourth forward. We all know how much Evgeny Malkin does not like playing defense. So I think a couple weeks into the season, we're going to see some deployment changes going on. And I think Sidney Crosby's line is going to see more time with Eric Carlson, which is thusly is going to give Evgeny Malkin's line more time with Chris Letang. So that's my second bold prediction. I think we're going to see a great team up between Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin, something similar to what we saw in 2012 when Evgeny Malkin won that MVP. Interesting. That, okay. Okay. I like that one because I've always been of the opinion that Sid's going to be hogged by Latang because that's how I feel like it's always been. But if maybe you can rotate them a little bit, that would be an intriguing situation to watch this season. At least it changes something up as well with the big two guns. It's awesome that we can even have that discussion because, again, before Eric Carlson got here, we all know that Latang was hogged up with, with Crosby. My next one, this is going to maybe ruffle some feathers, but it's okay. Tristan Jari is a 9.25 to 9.28 goalie this season. I think he's going to be one of the best goaltenders in the league. He comes in fully healthy. I know, did not have that good dress rehearsal game against the Sabres. I, the goal that he went behind the net, passed it right to the Sabres player, very much a 2021 Islander situation. Gave me the PTSD. Don't do that. It also kind of reminded me of some days with the Marc-Andre Fleury and how he would come out and play the puck and turn it over. Please. Don't do that this season. But I think he's coming in fully healthy. He's coming in with a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. New five-year deal, $5.3 million per season. We all have been saying he's got to just be average for this team to go places. But 
I think he's going to be more than that. I liked his movement a lot during the preseason games. I liked the saves that he made. You know, dress rehearsal game, again, not the best, but it's also a preseason game. I'm not really going to read too much into it. But I think for this regular season, he's going to be one of the better goaltenders in the sport. Not going to be 930. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be Gorsha Sturkin level here or Ilya Sorokin or anything like that. But I do think he's going to have a save percentage in that 925 to 928 range. Place top 10 in goals saved above expected. He's going to have a phenomenal year for the Penguins. And if that goes wrong, hey, you can yell at me in the comments. You can old takes expose me, any of that stuff. But I really think he comes in this season with something to prove. And I think he's going to shut a lot of people up this year. I'm, I'm definitely more confident in him now than I was last year. Well, actually, funny enough, I predicted Tristan Jari to be a Vesna finalist last year. So I don't know what I was talking about for that one. I don't know if he'll be a Vesna finalist this year, but I still think he's going to be very, very good. To quote the illustrious Steve Dangle, if you are a goaltender, tend the goal. I told you before we started recording, I, I had one that I was going to throw out. And you know what? I'm changing it up. I was originally going to take years from last year and say that Jake Gensel is going to score 50 because he's in a contract year. He's got a lot to prove, but it's a little too easy. little too easy. So I'm going to switch it up here. Your 2023-2024 Hart Trophy winner will be Sidney Crosby. Because if there is one thing hockey writers love, it's overthinking it. Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. You can at me all you want. He's the best player in the world. There is no question. WWE style, he is the undisputed heavyweight champion. But Penguins missed the playoffs last year. Make a ton of changes. Sidney Crosby leads his team back to the postseason. Gets them in there in better than a wild card position. Has 9,500 points something in that range, and the writers go, you know what? He needs one more. He had a great season. Yeah, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were great, but look at what Crosby did. And when we're watching the NHL awards in Vegas or wherever they're holding them next year, when they announce the nominees, your winner announced by whatever C-list celebrity kind of sort of likes hockey is going to say, the winner is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's going to have to do that while probably not outscoring Connor McDavid because we all know McDavid's probably going to be good for at least 120 points, probably more. Said, I think he can hit 100 plus this year for sure. Again, probably not going to hit McDavid level, but I hope that he does show that he is, you know, most valuable to his team. And hey, who's who's to bet against the great 87? I say it all the time, man. He's the pettiest athlete on the world in the world. You tell him he can't do something, and he goes out and does it. Oh, he's he, he he's just a playmaker. He doesn't score goals. Wins the rocket. Oh, he's you know he, he's good in his own end. He's not bad, but he's not great in the faceoff circle. Goes out top five in faceoff percentage, and now everybody's saying, ah, you know that Sidney Crosby. He he had a great career. He did all this great stuff, and he's going. You, you know, I'm still playing, right? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. He's just had an outstanding career, and if he wins another heart, you now that just you know continues to add to his legacy. I think is the best way to say it. One more before we go to break. I'm buying in on that Drew Connor hype. He scores 20 goals this year. 
I'm going to say he has been an excellent player during camp in the preseason. He was amazing in that game against Buffalo. He is going to lead the bottom six in scoring and score 20 goals this year. I think he has the talent to do it. He has the finishing ability to do it. He looks like a different player this year compared to last year. And I get it. He may not be playing with an offensive-minded center in Lars Eller, but you do have Jansen Harkins there who has shown to be at least pretty good during this last week. And he was having a really good preseason with the Jets before he was placed on waivers. I say O'Connor does it. And especially if he gets some elevated top six time this season, if God forbid there's any injuries, that can also help his case. He's going to have a big year. Far be it for me to disagree with you on that one. Those are our bold predictions. If you like them, tell us that you do. If you don't and you think we're crazy, you can yell at us in the comments or you can send us a DM on social media and all that stuff. But that would do it for this second segment. Coming up to end the show, what would be a successful season for the Penguins? Pat and I are going to discuss that. But before we get to that, we have to discuss eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your car and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply all right we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am hunter hodes joined by patrick damp of course thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day so i've been wanting to discuss this topic for a while i figured we could save it for the day before the regular season starts for the penguins what would be a successful season for this team? And for me, missing the playoffs is not an option. They have to get back to the postseason. I've been saying this kind of for a while. It doesn't feel right when April comes around and the Penguins aren't playing. It, it just it always felt natural when the Penguins would get in. Like that weather is getting warmer. It, it, it it's the best, I think, in my opinion. And with how last season unfolded, that can't happen again. With all the moves this new front office made, with Mike Sullivan under contract for a few years, with how good this top six is, with how improved the defense is, you have your newly signed goalie interest in Jari to a five-year term. Missing the playoffs is not an option. I think they'll get in. But for this to be a successful season, I think they can't just get in the playoffs. Remember, this is a team that has not won a playoff series since 2018 when they they took out the Philadelphia Flyers in six games and lost to the Capitals in the second round. They need to win at least a round for this to be a successful season. I know people will come back at me and say, well, it's not a successful season unless they win the Stanley Cup. I get it. Championship or bust mentality. But we've also seen this franchise win three Stanley Cups. We are all very spoiled people. But for this team to make the playoffs and win a round, say you beat, I don't know, say you beat the Rangers, get revenge. You play Carolina in the second round of New Jersey and you lose. I don't think, I may get some heat for this. I don't think 
that's an unsuccessful season. You get to the playoffs, you beat a really good team, you give everything you have in the second round, it doesn't go your way. Sure, it's unfortunate and you're losing chances at the can to win a fourth Stanley Cup in this era, but you at least have a, a bit of a mini run compared to, oh, the same first round exit in you know mid to late April. You, you play into May or something like that. That's, I think, the bare minimum for me this season. Making the playoffs and winning a round. I'm going to hand the floor over to you. What, what do you think? The playoffs are the bar. That's, yes. that's the expectation. You have to make the playoffs. There is no other question about it. This team is primed to make the playoffs and get back. It, you look at the roster, top to bottom, this is a playoff team. No questions asked. Now, obviously, there's an asterisk there if there's – horrible luck with injuries or Tristan Jari reverts to his awful form that he has shown every now and again, then I think you can have that quite, you can say, okay, you know what? It wasn't a failing of Dubas. It wasn't a failing of coaching. It was injuries or bad goaltending. And then at that point in the off season, you look to re, re regroup your goaltending situation. I wrote it in my season preview today on KDKA that I tag teamed with Garrett Bahana, who's also my coworker there and great writer at Pennsburg. My prediction for this team this year, my not so bold prediction, my looking at the team, looking at the conference. I think this team makes it to the Eastern conference final. I think they win their first round and this is the kind of team. And it's not just them. It's not just specific to the penguins. It's specific to hockey, to the NHL. You went around in the Stanley cup playoffs, especially the first round it gives you a boost because the first round is a dogfight because half the teams in the first round have had their spot clinched for a month or more. And then the other half have been scratching and clawing to get in for a month. So you have a group of teams that have been playing playoff hockey for a month and a group of teams that are just preparing, getting ready and getting healthy in the lead up to the playoffs. So I think they win the first round. They win a tight second round, but unfortunately fall in the conference final. And to me, that's a successful season. They have to get to the second round at a minimum. If they get to the conference final and lose, I'm not, I'm not going to be happy. I want to see them make another Stanley Cup run. But this team getting to the third round to me is a successful season. I'm not going to lose my mind if they lose in the second round, especially if it's a good series. But successful season to me, third round. And I think people also have to understand how tough the top four of the Metro is going to be. Say you beat the Rangers in the first round again. You beat, you beat a team like Carolina or New Jersey in the second round. That's 1 million percent a successful season, even if you lose in the conference final to, I don't know, say Florida gets back there from the Atlantic or Toronto or whoever comes out of there, whoever you play in the conference final. That is definitely a successful season. But to me, you got to taste some playoff success. It's been five years. At this, at this point, at least next year, it's going to be six years. It's going to be over half a decade since they won a playoff series. You have to at least do that. You can't have another first round exit. And and don't discount. And I know that in this era, people hate when you say stuff like this, but don't discount motivation as a factor on this team. They, you could see it today if you read Rob Rossi's article in The Athletic. These guys are mad. They are mad. Sid, especially. Crosby, Crosby and Malkin and Latang are very upset they missed the playoffs last year. And 
you can see the fire burning in them this year that they're not happy that they're being written off and not in the, Oh, these guys stink. Now they're bad. Everybody's starting to write the retrospective of, Oh, what a great era of penguins hockey. This was, these guys did so much together. They're the longest tenured teammates in North American sports history. And they won the first back-to-back Stanley cups in the cap era. And they're all sitting there going, guys, we're not done. We're still playing. We're still on active NHL rosters. And they don't want to be done yet. And they go up against a New Jersey in the playoffs. You you can't look me in the eye and tell me they're not going to approach that series and go, okay, little guys, like your time's coming, but it ain't here yet. And also don't discount the fact that they are in probably the toughest division in the National Hockey League. I know everybody wants to say it's the Pacific because of Edmonton and Vegas and L.A., but there's a big disparity and drop-off when you get to that division. The top four or five in the Metro all could theoretically make the playoffs and go on a run. So all season long, they are going to be in the toughest division, and they're going to have to play like it. So I think all those factors put together, this team makes it back to the playoffs and wins a round or two. So for me, that's my successful season. They got to win the first round at the bare minimum, and then from there, it's gravy for me. But I don't think this team is as done as a lot of people want to say they are. And I want them to go out there and show that. They should be motivated. They should be pissed off. It was embarrassing how last season ended. You lose to two, the two worst teams in the league to end your season. When that's all you need to do to make the playoffs. And, oh, yeah, that was a flawed team. If they had gotten to the playoffs, even by beating those two teams, it probably would have been one of the greatest accomplishments of this era because of how bad that team was. But with the improvements that this new front office has made, with the top six still there and the core players especially still there, you still have, I think, one of the greatest head coaches in the sport right now. Everyone should be motivated to do more. And that's, I think, one of the biggest reasons why I am a lot higher on this team than I know some others are. And I know people will pick them to miss the playoffs and all that. You know what I say to that? Okay, see you in April. Because I think this team is going to be one of the better teams in the league. I have them third or fourth in the Metro. I have them fighting with the Rangers. I know there were some previews out last week on the Athletic that had the Rangers as a top five team in the league. I don't see that. I think they're a top 10 team in the league, but top three, top five, I'm not, I don't have them there, in my opinion. I see them fighting for that three spot in the Metro. I don't see them getting home ice in the first round, which I know is pretty rare. I think for the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era, they usually have home ice for at least a round. But I do see them fighting for a top three spot in this division, mostly third. But do you have anything else to add before we wrap up here? We made it. The regular season's here. I felt I walked out for work this morning. I put this Penguins hoodie on. Air was nice and crisp. And I was like, you know what? It's hockey season. It got into the 40s last night. I went outside to let my dogs out. I'm like, oh yeah, this the season starts this week. That that's for hockey damn sure. Season, baby. And I'm 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 fired up. It all starts on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, PBG Paints Arena. Chicago Blackhawks come to town. If you're not going, you can watch it on ESPN. And Pat and I will have a preview out for that game on Tuesday for our episode that day, going into the Blackhawks lines, previewing how they look to be at least better. This year compared to last year, everything about the Blackhawks and, of course, from the Penguins' perspective as well. But again, that will do it for this one. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will talk with you all again on Tuesday.